Hey guys, GBC podcast number 43. I'm Courtney Weiss. I'm Shane Blankenship. Okay, so Shane pitched the idea this week, and I'm really excited. Obedience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I was reading about obedience, I had a, I had a hard time um, separating it from faithfulness. Yeah. Well, and of course, we're talking about this from last week, so I think that's important for the setup. Yeah, you um, set it up. Because I, I made the comment um, that... It's about Jesus um, and Peter and Jesus saying, um, Peter, take me out on your boat. And then, you know, they go out on the boat and, um, you know, Peter's protesting that, hey, I've been fishing all night and caught nothing and you don't fish during the daytime, Jesus. So, you know, I'm going to do this because you're asking me to do it. Um, but it's not going to work. You know, there's no fish out here to be caught mm-hmm. and definitely not during the daytime. Um, lo and behold, they get out there. You know, Jesus tells them to cast his net on a particular side of the boat and he protests again. And then he finally does it. And when he does it, there's more fish than he can even bring in. Has to call his cousins over. James and John go out there, help haul in the fish. And I was just making the point that, you know, there's this huge blessing of fish, right? Not because Peter was righteous, but because Peter was obedient, because Peter was faithful, that he did what Jesus asked him to do. So it wasn't that he had lived such a good life. It wasn't that he had done everything right. So it wasn't his righteousness. It wasn't his goodness um, that caused Jesus to bless him, if you will. If mm-hmm. I, and I'm kind of using that term loosely. Um, it was his faithfulness. It was his obedience. And that's it. And I feel like sometimes especially in our culture, we get it backwards. Yeah. You know, we try to be good for God. Um, and there's nothing wrong with being good. <laughs> you know, goodness is, that's a fruit of the spirit. Like we should be good, but that's not the point. The point is the faithfulness. The point is the obedience that God doesn't bless us because we're right. None of us are righteous. I mean, even Paul says that there's, you know, there's, there's not, no, not one who is righteous. No, not one. Um, so it's not our righteousness, and yet I feel like sometimes that gets the focus, you know? Like, what's Be good, be perfect. Um, but it's not the righteousness that even matters at the, at the end of the day. It's the faithfulness. It's the obedience that we're not righteous. We get it wrong. We sin. We mess up. Um, but we're called to be faithful, and it's in the moments of our faithfulness. It's in the moments of our obedience that God blesses that. Well, and can we just add here, too, how human this story is? Because he does kind of argue. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, that. that's where I kind of stay. I'm like, me? I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Moses, I stammer. Yep. Or he had a stammer, right? Stammer, that's right. Yeah, I can't do that. And no, he's not talking to me. Yep. You know, and so just putting that out there. No, absolutely. That's that's the we resist, we argue. Yes. You know, and God's saying, you know, no, do this, um, or trust me on this, or, um, you know, we talked briefly before we started recording um, from Matthew chapter six because I'm I'm finishing out Matthew six this week, and right in the middle of the do not worry passage, mm-hmm. and the do not worry part is something I bring up all the time. Probably more specifically, seek first the kingdom of God, right? That's at the heart of the Sermon of the, of the Mount. Look up. It's really, always look, look up. up. Yeah, eyes up. It's at the heart of, of, of following Jesus of our faith um, for certain. But if you take that passage in its context and you back up to the, you know, so therefore I tell you, do not worry. Do not worry about what you'll eat or drink or wear. And, and Jesus goes all through this. But right there, smack in the middle, at least on, in my Bible, as you're looking at the page, is, oh, you of little faith. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's almost like faith is the is the foundation. Well, it's not almost. I mean, it is right, um, and we don't lean into that part of that passage. But he addresses their faithfulness. Like you worry because you lack faith. 
you worry about these things because you don't have faith that I'm going to provide them. You're not trusting me in this. And so the faithfulness and the obedience is always connected. The faithfulness is that internal. The faithfulness is... is um, the belief part, the trust part, um, the non-tangible, if you will, the obedience part is the is the tangible. It's the activity of faithfulness, right? The obedience is you putting into action that faithfulness, hands and feet to it. I'm going to do what you say. That's the obedience mm-hmm. part. I'm going to do what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love obedience is the activity of faithfulness. Yeah. I don't know if you've said that a million times or not. But I haven't. I just I made that up this morning. That was great. <laughs> I just got it too. So, okay. I'm glad that that's the first. And then I have an arrow and I'm like, you know, faithfulness. Faith in action is obedience. So if you're a writer like me, I just have to like see it. Um, so I really like that. Well, do you want to pull your scriptures or? Yeah, so I can share this. I, really, I was just building off of that, making a point that that's that that's not that's not something that is um, you know contained to one one passage, one part. It's not compartmentalized. It's a theme. It's a theme throughout scripture. It's certainly a theme throughout God, the gospel. I mean, this isn't true of every miracle that Jesus does because sometimes Jesus will do a miracle and he's just having compassion. Okay, you said it's a theme. It's a pattern of teaching. Absolutely. Yeah, it's certainly. It's a it's a pattern in the teaching and it's a pattern in uh, what I was going to point out is the miracle. So, for example, okay. um, Jesus heals the man with leprosy. This is in Mark chapter 1. Um, comes at the end of Mark chapter 1. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. So I think that's an important you know, picture, if you will, that the man is on his knees begging yeah, Jesus, he knows. right? So he's he's certainly you know humble, but he's approaching Jesus and he shouldn't be because he's got leprosy, he's unclean. Uh, so Jesus he's already is... breaking through some norms to get to Jesus. Falls to his knees and he says to Jesus, "If you are willing, you can make me clean." So he knows what Jesus can do, right? Whether he knows exactly who he is, he knows what he can do. In verse forty-one, Jesus, filled with compassion reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, um, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See to it that you don't tell anyone this, but don't show to yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing um, as a testimony to them. The man comes to Jesus, falls on his knees, and it's his faithfulness. He sees his faith and Jesus is filled with compassion. He came to Jesus in faith, and as a result of his faith, um, Jesus moved with compassion, heals the man. So that happens in Mark chapter um, 1, right? And then the next one, um, uh, right after that, Mark chapter 2. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come, so many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic. This is the famous story where the four men carry the paralytic, right? Uh, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof. So you see all this activity, right? This is the obedience part. Um, they made an opening in the roof um, above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw there faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Um, and then you continue in the story and Jesus doesn't just internally forgive the man's sin, something that people couldn't see, just could hear. But then he tells the man to get up and take his mat and walk. But you know, where did the walking come from? Where did the forgiveness come from? It was predicated on their faith. They acted in faith and from their faith, through obedience of their faith, they are that's where the blessing comes from. The yeah. blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of healing. 
And this happens over and over and over again. And then there's a time when it doesn't happen. Mark chapter 6. And here's what I mean by that. Jesus left there and he went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given to him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? I mean, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house, as a prophet without owner. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Am I tracking here? Because they didn't have very much faith, he was not filled. Because in several times you said Jesus was filled with compassion mm-hmm. and then he was able to mm-hmm. act. Yeah. So it's like our our faith activates um, his power. Yes, because when he gets there, it says that he could not or he would not, um, is another right. way that it's translated, do many, many miracles there. And why? Why doesn't he do it in Nazareth the way he does it in Capernaum? Why, why doesn't he heal people there like he healed them there? Why don't they see it? And Jesus says it was their lack of faith. Well, and so um, I know the language is kind of old and even yeah. in the, um, maybe the message would be better. But, you know, I'm, sit- I'm, th- I'm envisioning people just like sitting in a circle kind of gossiping like, mm-hmm. who is this Shane guy? He thinks he can preach. He wants to start a <laughs> yeah. church. This is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. That kind of talking mm-hmm. about Jesus mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. That's what they were doing. You know, they at first they were amazed and then they were like, well, wait a minute, hold Who on. Don't we know dude? this guy? Like, this guy's his from here. His sister is this we know person. This. Yeah, yeah, we know yeah. his brothers, his sisters, his family. He's the carpenter. We do this He's all not. the time. Absolutely, we do it. And so we immediately shoot down the power that could be because we are just not acting in faith. Oh, 100%. In, in their unfaithfulness um, to believe, um, in this case, ends up costing them the miracles that they could have seen, right? It ends up costing them the blessing. But how often do we also... We um, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like we know that we have all, like what God says that we already have, like all the treasures in heaven. We have access to all of the power in heaven, but yep. we don't use our faith to unlock it. Like we do this to ourselves every single day. All the time. Yeah, 100%. You know, that's, you know, go, going back to, to Matthew chapter 6, um, where, you know, right there in the middle where it says, oh, you of little faith. I mean, that's it. They're exercising their faithfulness, if you will, um, to something else. They're, they're exercising their faith in worry. Um, right. They become consumed with worry for things that they need. And that Jesus even says, your father knows that you need these things. Um, but it becomes a distraction and it, and it detracts them from what they're called to, what we should be doing, what we were created for. Um, and it gets them off track and they're missing out. When Jesus says, no, 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 if you, will, if you will have faith in me, if you'll trust me, if you'll follow me, if you'll be obedient towards me, I'll give you everything that you're worried about. Mm -hmm. All these things that you are being consumed with, your father knows that you need them. He'll give them to you. But first, seek me. Follow me. Trust me. Well, I love the word filled, that um, Jesus is filled with compassion. Like there's several times that you said Mm -hmm. that. And then I've brought this up before, but my example is the the lady, the bleeding woman, the woman that had the the issue of blood, the issue of blood, like the bleeding lady, (laughs) but like her faith was huge. Like it almost like he could 
feel her and hear her and knew she was near, but he was actually not even walking towards her. Yeah. He was walking away from her. Yeah. That's how much her faith, you know, you can feel yeah. somebody's energy. Mm-hmm. So, so he said, because of your faith, you are healed. Uh, that's right. So, yeah. And, that, and actually that happened right before um, he goes to Nazareth, right? So I skipped over that part. But if I would have stopped in chapter five, um, that's, the, that's the miracle that happens right before he gets to Nazareth and does no miracles. Um, and, her, and her story is powerful, too, because she, she doesn't just believe that he can heal. She believes he's the Messiah. Um, she knows that if she can just touch the edge of his garments, uh, because she believes the prophecy, um, that when the Messiah comes, there will be even healing in, his, in the fringes of his garment. So she just believes if I can get close enough to touch him, yeah, I'll like, be healed. Uh, so it's not just a matter of that she thinks he's a miracle worker. She knows who he is, or she believes in who she is. And so Jesus uses the opportunity to say, who touched me? He knows who touched him. He knows exactly what's happened. Right. But everybody else don't. And no one else knows what ha- what's happened. And so he uses the opportunity, right, to display the faith um, to, again, that's one more time that he points people to who he is into heaven. Well, to steal something that you say, which I, this is the second time now that I've stolen <laughs> something that you say, but um, you say, what hangs in the balance of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I'm like, what hangs in the balance of us not activating that type of faith that mm-hmm. truly believes in miracles? Yeah. And so my scripture, if it's okay, um, Romans five nineteen. So I said, I didn't say this. <laughs> For just as though the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. So we're mm-hmm. talking about Satan here, right? So also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. We're talking about Jesus here. Yeah, well, we're talking about Adam and Jesus. Okay, Adam. Oh, yes. Okay. Adam sin, the one man. Yeah. So I guess I'm just like, how many people can we affect, you know, um, by our obedience Absolutely. in our, our actions and in our faith. And so like, like yeah. you always say, like what hangs in the balance of your obedience? Like what hangs in the balance if you don't say yes to whatever? Mm-hmm. So I wrote a list and I said, um, what hangs in the balance of your obedience and praying out loud, you know, blessing mm-hmm. someone with a prayer out loud, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out by texting, you know, Hey, I miss you last night or whatever. Yeah. Tithing, volunteering, what we watch, you know, what, what, we put into our eyes um who we hang out with i'm sure you can think of better ones but like what hangs in the balance a hundred percent and one of the things that i always say um with that um is um we have no idea yes what hangs in the balance right um we never know what hangs in the balance and that's 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 it i mean we might have some ideas but we have no idea ultimately what would hang in the balance not of our righteousness of our faithfulness, of yeah. our obedience, of our willing to be obedient to a to a prompting by the Holy Spirit in a moment, you Ooh, know, of so convicting. whatever it may be, whatever it could be, we have no idea. And so, case in point, um, this past week, a girl named Casey gave her life to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So her life has been forever changed. She came really by invitation of of another uh, person here, Molly. Um, so um, Scott and Deanna Hunt um, been part of our church for a long time. One of their daughters, um, Molly, uh, Molly Grace, as she's called, um, you know, she didn't necessarily come with them when they came and has, you know, has visited a few times. Um, but she came on a particular Sunday, probably seven or eight weeks ago, something like that, you know, kind of started coming back to church. And um, that Sunday... Deanna tells me, so when I meet, when I meet um, um, the girl who gave her life to Christ on, on this past Sunday, when I, when I, when I met her, um, she's like, hey, you got to hear this story. 
And she's like, you know, the, the reason why she's here today, which she had come for the first time the Wednesday before to, um, to the women's ministry. I was going to say, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. That, that was the first time that she had, that she had come uh-huh. and, um, and, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other story in itself. But anyways, so if you back up, um, Deanna says, Hey, you know, Molly came to church while she was at church, you made this comment that, or you, you were preaching about forgiveness and reconciliation, and you know, you know, you know, you know pursue reconciliation, pursue forgiveness, uh, forgive those who've sinned against you, reconcile those when you know things are wrong. So anyway, so I, I guess I've laid out all this out, and for whatever reason, Molly was convicted by it. So she, so she goes to seek reconciliation with her friend Casey because things weren't right. What's interesting was. Um, Casey was trying to reconcile, like not a believer, but trying to reconcile with Molly, trying to make this relationship right. And Molly was just like, no, I'm, I'm done, done with you, done with that, not reconciling. But for whatever reason, that was the thing that, that was, was laid on her heart that the Holy Spirit was prompting. And so she goes to make things right. Out of that, this girl starts watching online. This is her introduction. Um, you know, apparently moved enough by, hey, this is what the preacher said, um, and I just try this to make is, things right. And yeah. so she starts listening to the preacher, apparently, um, and the preacher is me. And so then she comes um, to women's ministry because Molly, you know, extends an invitation to that. And then she comes on Sunday, and um, you know, there's so much more to this story. Um, but you know, all that to say. Deanna throws back in my face. You know how you always say you never know what hangs in the balance? Well, here you go. You never know what hangs in the balance of you preaching a Mm -hmm. message about reconciliation. Well, and it's this is a total side note, but it's just so interesting, like how one person can be convicted of something. Like it's so God. You know, one person can be so convicted because he had a plan. And now this young lady is in the Bible study on Wednesday night sitting with Molly, who the Mm -hmm. person that she had reconciled with. Like that's so cool. That message was for her and you didn't even know it. Had no idea. Like no, no, I mean, I don't know who Casey's, you know, I won't say her last name, but I have no idea who Casey was when I was planning that seven weeks ago or eight weeks ago. But apparently that was the thing that God used in that moment to move in somebody else's heart that would move in somebody else's life that would eventually bring them to a place where they raise their hand on, on a Sunday morning and end up at the altar and say, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm giving my life to God. Ugh, it's so cool. And there's like an obedience factor for you too, because I know sometimes you, you might be caught between two messages and then mm-hmm. you have to pray about it really hard mm-hmm. and then you... You know, you wrestle with it and you figure it out, which I know we've been in a um, series. Series, yeah, that's right. But it's still like, what if you had chosen to do, I don't know, something else? And and you just were like, hey, God, I'm just going to try this way. This is the way Shane wants to do it, you know. <laughs> we would have missed this whole thing, this yeah. whole story. The God's at work in, in, in all of it in ways. And even Molly said that, you know, I think Hannah Sunday afternoon just sent Molly a text message and said, I'm so, you know, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the woman that you are becoming and what, what you're allowing God to do in your life. And Molly's response back is something along the lines of, I just never would have imagined all of this coming out of just trying to make something right with my friend. You know, just trying to, trying to reconcile in that, that relationship and look at how much more has come from it. Um, so, you know, and it's, and it's deeper than, than just Casey, you know, Casey's daughter, uh, you know, they don't never dropped her off with, with people before and to leave her in a classroom. I'm like, that was a big deal. Right. Um, 
and so there was there was quite a bit of apprehension on that particular Wednesday night, that first time that she, she came. She did seem was, a little apprehensive, and I figured it's because she didn't know anybody, and our group is very um, outgoing, and so I think you're immediately like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else is going to talk if she doesn't want to. You yeah, know what I'm absolutely. So, and she was, and she was worried about her daughter yeah. being dropped off in class, and then when she goes to pick up her daughter, her daughter doesn't want to leave. Like, I don't want to leave church. Yes. I'm having so much fun. This is yes. awesome. Thank you so much, Mommy, for bringing me. You know, I don't want to leave. Yeah. And then so, so you know, that opened the door of, all right, well, we'll try this on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I want to come back. We'll come back on Sunday That's, and you can go back to your class. It's so amazing. Well, another side note is um, for our church being the size that it is, mm-hmm. and for when, when Kyle and I showed up, you guys were saying that some of the older members had said, oh, we just want to hear children in the hallway yeah, yeah. again. My point in saying that is Hayden never wants to leave church and asks every day if this is a church day. Yeah. Um, like on Monday, he's like, do we go to church today? And I'm like, no, Hayden. And it's a struggle for me to get him to church because he's just at a re- really difficult age. But I'm always like, I, he's just going to get loved on. And, and it, anyways, my point is I think the kids really enjoy it. They do. For like I said, Absolutely. our size and you know what's going on, it's it's pretty amazing to watch that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, those are, and those are things, if we can go back to, we have no idea what hangs in the balance. Those are things that we will have no idea Mm -hmm. what hangs in the balance. No idea. No idea what God will do with that, how he will use that. And it's not for us to know. Mm -hmm. It's for us to be faithful. It's for us to be obedient. And I I think in that, you know, and that's obviously the point of this podcast. Um, And if I could just reiterate it, because I think sometimes we just try to focus on being good being you know good little Christians or whatever. Um, and that's never the point. And the point is be faithful, be obedient. Goodness will come out of that. Righteousness will 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 be made in us through that. But ultimately the 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 focus is never, man, let's try to be right. The focus is faithful. It's be faithful. It's it's be a obedient. Great reminder. <laughs> Who doesn't like to be right? Okay, Shane. I mean, everybody likes to be right. So it's it's a good reminder. This whole thing's kind of like a punch in the gut. Um, I think I have, I just wanted to bring up the pattern of teaching just because it's like Mm -hmm. something that I took out of what I was reading. And it just, um, like you you kind of did it. You said over and over and over again, there are examples in the miracles of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, his power is kind of activated by the amount of faith that we have if I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, and and so, like, even in the Bible, it says the pa- the pattern of thought, the pattern of teaching. It's like it doesn't change. It's mm-hmm. not like it's this way today and this way tomorrow. Yeah. It's the consistency of, like I said, you're you're sowing something and you're cutting out like a star or something. Like a star is a star is a star. That's right. Then, then why can't we also apply that Jesus is Jesus is Jesus and mm-hmm. his teachings are the same? And so I thank you for picking that out because it was actually something <laughs> that I wrote as well. And I also thank you for kind of dissecting the faith and obedience because I was struggling a little. I was like, oh, he wants to do obedience, and I feel like I don't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're just, again, they're, they're connected. You know, I don't think you can if – you've, if you've got one, you're going to have the other. Right. Um, they, they go hand in hand. It's the activity. Again, you know, obedience is the activity of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're – there, you can't really. If you if you separate them, then you have an obedience of the wrong kind to the wrong thing for the wrong reason. If you separate them, you will have a faithfulness that does not matter. Right, and I think I was trying to figure out if they were separate, yeah. and they are not. They're and connected. I understand that. Now. Um, you know, and James says it this way: Show me your faith without works, and I will show you mine with works. Faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Faith that has no obedience, no work to it, doesn't even matter. 
Well, to always quote you, you know, if if you can't quote the scripture like that, which we should all try to, but like what hangs in the balance? Like, yeah. I, I just love that so much because it's easy to remember and I'm always like, okay, I should really go do this. Which by the way, I, and I've said this before um, and I say it all the time, but I got it from Andy Stanley. So it's not, it is not oh. unique to me. Um, it's just, you know, it's something I picked up from him years ago and it's something that I've hung on to. And Yeah. Well, and, nothing's and original these days anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> okay, Shane. Well, if you have, if you don't have anything else, we'll um, wrap it up and we'll make sure to get this out there in obedience in obedience okay bye (laughs) y'all bye